You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. Week after week to... Any of you guys have a smart device that you use, maybe a tablet or an iPhone or a, or a Galaxy or some, a Droid or something that you're using to help you out. How many of you would say that your smart device has apps that help serve you? Anyone? There are, there are apps that, that help us with a lot of different aspects. I, we talked about some of the things. They'll help you schedule. They'll help you stay on schedule. They'll help you with uh, fitness. They'll help you with different things. I was talking to someone this week, and this, this brother in the Lord, he's here at the, he's in the church, and he's very noticeable that he has uh, gone into shape, he's lost a lot of weight, and uh, just looking and feeling good. And as we were talking, um, <clears throat> I said, man, you, 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 I can really tell that, that, that you've really lost a lot of weight, you're looking great. And he said, um, yeah, he said, I've been, been, been working at it, and, and he said, there's actually an app that you can find, and it's MyFitnessPal. So he goes through this app, and it tells him, you know, what, what foods that he's eating, and it tells him the portions and things like that. So <clears throat> apps can help us make better choices. Amen? So <clears throat> when we look at apps, I thought about this, um, and I want to emphasize it. If an imperfect person can create an amazing device to help serve people, And that's exactly what happens, is that there's individuals that put together these apps to help people, right? And every one of these persons that's building these apps are imperfect. Could you imagine what a perfect God could do to give us what we need to serve other people? Right? Our Creator has given every person a gift. Let's call it apps, this, this series. And those apps that come from heaven are designed to help us serve others. They're to help us become better people. They're to help our churches become better churches. They're to help our society become a better society for our towns and our cities to be a better place to live. Remember I talked about that last week. I talked about how important is it for us that are walking with God to be active in our communities because if we're not, how are they going to see the light of God? How are they going to see or feel the salt of the earth? The only way that that happens is if we're connected there. Now I want to move forward and in the third part of this series, I want to talk about I serve my family. Amen? Because God wants us to serve our churches. God wants us to serve our community. But God, it all starts, God wants us to serve our families. And what a better day for us to do this, preach this message, for us to receive this message than on Mother's Day. Because moms are always about serving. My wife, she'll wait until the kids are served. To, think, to this day, she'll wait And then she'll get what she needs to get for herself. My mom, herself, my mother. Oh boy, I love that lady. She will put us first. She's always put us first. It's all about servanthood. 
Amen? So I want us to look at serving, our, serving families uh, from God's perspective. And um, I want us also to go to the Word of God. Because just like there's an app store on every smart device, there is a greater app store in heaven where it never runs out and God will continually give us what we need so that we can make a difference in our lives. But let's pray first of all. Father, thank you for this second service, Lord. And I just pray on this special Mother's Day, 2014, that you will just uh, bless us with your presence. Um, we, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you will come and, and, uh, and work on our hearts and in our minds. Lord God, the things that I've prepared, I pray that I will speak them and communicate them clearly. And, Father, the things that maybe I didn't prepare, I pray you'll bring them to my mind so that it will edify, it will build up everyone here. Our prayer is, Lord, that when we leave here, that we will all say it has been good to be in the house of God. And we will grow in that, Lord God. So we pray this in the precious name of Jesus, our Lord, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. So the, the three points, let's start with the first one, okay, or three keys to making our home an I serve my family success story. The first key is this. I serve my family with honor. The key to having a family that values each other is for their children to serve their parents with honor. Honor means to give someone high respect. It's to give them a great amount of worthiness. I think about my dad. He died about seven years ago. When I think about that man, I esteem, I esteem him highly. He was not a perfect man, but he was a very just man. And when we think about that, you honor your parents. I think about my mom. My mom's not a perfect person. But she always loved us. Amen? When you honor your parents, it does a lot of wonderful things. Honor is God's recipe for a successful family. And if honoring your parents or honoring those that are over us, if, if that is God's, the way that God derives a successful family, do you think that the devil will work overtime to make children dishonor their parents? Do you believe that the devil will try to work very, very diligently so to, to work on our kids and our grandkids so that they will not honor their parents. He's working hard. He absolutely hates it when, when, when their parents are being honored. He hates it when, when, uh, when teachers are being honored and people of respect. Amen? So he works diligently. And because mothers are so special, they sometimes get the brunt of dishonor. I know that because of the love that moms have for kids, that they'll go the extra mile. And sometimes as children, and especially as young adults, especially as teenagers, we take advantage of that. Amen? See, I don't think that moms should get one day a year to be celebrated and honored. I think that we should do it at least once a month. Amen? 
Because I'm, I'm not kidding you. When you really think about moms, when I think about Shauna, when I think about the delivery, when I think about the things that Cassie <clears throat> had to go through, and then my wife being there for her, and, and then uh, uh, Ralph's mom being there for her, and, and of course me and Randy played a part. We, I was a cheerleader, and I was a prayer intercessor. But the moms, I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding you. There's something that happens. You're very diligent. But isn't there times that moms, you get the brunt of dishonor? Yeah. And can I say this? We all fall short in this area. I have been guilty. I'm at the front of the list, guilty of not giving the honor to my parents that they so needed. But guess what? God's grace turns things around. You see, Jesus comes into our life and he turns around the heels and he begins to heal the hurts and the mistakes so that our families can mend and so that they can heal. Amen? How many of you know that God is able to heal our families? I think about, you know, I, 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 I won't get into the muddy stuff with my, with my family um, my parents, and, but there were some things that happened in, our, in the dynamics. And can I tell you, there's, there's probably many of you that could stand up right now and you can say, you know what, I didn't have a perfect family. Maybe there was an affair that went on. Maybe there was some deep hurts that really hurt a child and, and, and you, you live with those things. And, and, and because of that, you, you, you do things that you maybe would not have done if those things had not, had not happened. Amen. And so you carry them and you act on them and you, and you do things and you disrespect and you dishonor. And then you come to the place in your life where, 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 where those hurts are so real that you absolutely need God to heal you. And God comes through Jesus Christ and he begins to heal our hearts and he begins to offer his forgiveness. And when he does, because I can say this about my family, when he heals our hearts, you're able to... Free, not only receive his forgiveness, you're able to offer his forgiveness to those that have hurt you. Amen? We need Jesus. I put together a, a, a top 10 list. This is PJ's top 10 list of reasons to honor your mama. And this might not fit all of you. It fits, it fits all of me. But some of these I know will fit. Number 10, we're going to count down. You honor your mama because there's love in her cooking. <laughs> Paul Tafoya would say something like, mmm, there's love in this food. Man, when you go home and, and your mama cooks you something up, I mean, it's always incredible. I mean, Here's the thing that happened with me. I go back to New Mexico, and my mom, she'll make me red chili. She'll make me tortillas, beans, rice. She'll make me chicken mole. That's like over-the-top good. In fact, she was in hospice. Just came out of the hospital. And she's not in hospice anymore, praise Jesus. Thank you for your prayers. Huh? She's doing much better. I, I, I hope we can applause a little bit bigger than that for Jesus. She, was, she came out of hospice on her deathbed. My brother went to work. I said, you know what? I'll stay home. I'll take care of mom. Don't worry. I got everything under control. He came back. She had cooked chicken mole, 
rice, beans. He said, bro, I can't believe, she can't, why'd you let her cook? Well, bro, she, she wanted to, I held her up to the stove. I did my part. Don't fall back, mom, don't fall, I got you. My boys come and my wife, well, she got up a couple weeks ago, she got up at four in the morning and made them a care package. Made, they were in Ziplocs, all these different things, chicken, and they want to eat healthy. I just can't do it. I can't do it without you, Mom. So she makes them chicken, shreds it, and all these different things, and they take them home all happy. I don't think that right now, because when you're like from 20 to 27, your brain goes, I thought it was teenagers, but it's young adults. And so they drive back home, and, and, and they're not going to realize, but they're gonna, there's going to come a time that's going to trigger and they're going to see how much their mama cares. There's love in her cooking. Number nine, she loves you despite your mistakes. And we all have them. And it doesn't matter what we do. Your mom always loves you through them. Amen? Number eight, she's not rude. She's just honest. Brutally honest, Shirley Adams. <laughs> My mother-in-law, she don't mince words. Number seven, she's there for you when everyone else abandons you. When your girlfriend leaves you, when your boyfriend leaves you, when all these different things, who's there for you? Your mama. Your daddy says, get over it. You'll find another one. There's a thousand fish in the sea. There's a thousand Christian girls. Don't worry about it. The thousand Christian boys. And there's a million that aren't walking with God. She's not afraid. Number six, she's not afraid of the bully. And if you're the bully, she's not afraid of you either. The bully was chasing me. My mom would come out with a fly swatter. Andale. Get him, mom. Number five, she loves you when no one else does. Amen? Not only does she love you despite your mistakes, but she loves you when no one else does. They just don't love me, mom. Oh, don't come here. I love you. I love you. Number four. Number four reason to honor your mama, because she carried you for nine months, and some of you she's still carrying. <laughs> Get off of her lap. Number three, because she went through intense labor to bring you into this world. I always heard the story with, with Pastor Bob Cannon. His mother would say, you almost killed me, Bob. You almost killed me. Two days in labor. That's not, you know, we're not saying that your head's big or anything, PB, but just. The second, number two. She brought you into this world, and she can certainly take you out. Just ask her. You ever hear that? I brought you into this world. I can take you out. 
And the number one reason that we should honor your mama is because your father in heaven, Cecil. God tells us to honor our mama. So today is Mother's Day and people in the church and people outside of the church, they're all honoring moms and I think that's fantastic. But when you honor your mom because it honors God, it's even better. It's always better when we do it because of God. The Bible says this, children, do what your parents tell you. This is only right. Honor your father and mother is the first commandment that has a promise attached to it, namely, so you will live well and have a long life. Beloved, when we honor our parents, it will be good for us on earth. Let me tell you, young people, there's some young people right now. Can I tell you something? The devil is going to tempt you to not honor your parents, to not honor your mom. Can I tell you, he's doing that because when you do, you're going to honor God. When you honor your parents, you're going to honor God. Let me say it again because I don't think anyone heard. When you honor your parents, you're going to honor God. That, now you heard it. It's very important that we do that. When we get an I serve my family mentality, it will always have an honor my parents focus. Tweet that. Right? This will continue with our grandkids. It will continue with our great-grandkids. Let me say something. If you didn't have that in your family growing up, start it now. You can make all the excuses. Well, my parents, my grandparents, they didn't honor anybody. My, 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 they just didn't honor. Start it with you. Start it today. So that Jesus will be honored through our lives. The Bible helps me to apply this truth. For example, we don't always agree with our aging parents or grandparents, but we can always show them respect and dignity. I don't agree with everything my parents say. My dad's gone, I don't, but I, don't, I didn't agree with everything that they said. I, I don't agree with everything my grandparents said. But the Bible says show them respect and dignity. Notice how the Bible points for us to honor the aging. It says this in 1 Timothy 5, 1 and 2. It says, don't be harsh or impatient with an older man. Talk to him as you would your own father. Notice how it puts a lot of, a lot of emphasis on honoring. And then it goes on and says, reverently honor an older woman as you would your mother. It's really easy for us as younger or middle-aged parents to get impatient with an aging parent <clears throat> or older people in general. Have you ever been in back of someone driving and they're, you know, up in age? I had to be careful, PBL, but I got to say it. it it's, in, it's in the deep. It wants to come out. But have you ever been, in, and, and they're just not driving, you know, the way that you think they should. Oh, come on! Some of you are laughing real hard because you probably did it this week. Some of you guys, yeah, you, you're on the way to church. <laughs> but can I tell you, the Bible points us to think differently. To look at people differently. Because can I tell you something? In 20 years, 
I'm going to be 67 if the Lord allows me the 20 years. And in 40 years, I'm going to be 87. All of us get to that place. Amen? So we always need to be considering each other in that. How many of you know that a a visit from our grown children does wonders for us parents? Raise your hand if you love for your grown children to come visit you. Yeah. You know why you love it? Because it honors us. I love the way the Bible celebrates this truth. It says this uh, in, in 2 John 1, 12. It says, I hope to visit you soon and to talk to you face to face. Here the Apostle John is writing a letter. And as he's writing to these, to these disciples, to these Christians, he says, I have a lot more to say to you, but I will tell you when I see you face to face. And then he says, the last part, then our joy will be complete. I love talking to Pastor Bob over the phone, but I really love it when we sit down and he's in my office or I'm in his office and we talk face to face. Can I tell you something? There'll be, there, one of these days, I might not have Pastor Bob. If the Lord tarries, hopefully the Lord will come tomorrow, today. Amen? Some of you young people, you say, no, 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 wait, Pastor, because I want to have children. And, oh, you know. But the reality is we're all going to get to that place, but there's something awesome about seeing someone face to face. My mom would rather see me face to face than to receive a thousand cards or flowers. I know that because of the way when I went to go see her when she had been sick, her whole countenance changed. After I left, people told me she is different. You know why? Because she saw me face to face. And the Lord spoke to my heart how important that is. Because we get busy. My wife would rather see our young adults face to face than to have them send a text message or a Facebook post on her wall. It does something to her when they come around. Maybe that's why uh, former First Lady Barbara Bush put it like this. She said, At the end of your life, you will never regret not having passed one more test, not winning one more verdict, or not choosing uh, or not closing one more deal. You will regret time not spent with a husband, a friend, a child, or a parent. And can I tell you something? When, you're, when, when today's gone, you'll never get it back. When next week, when you get to next week, you'll never get this week back. Love you, babe. How important is it for us to tell each other we love each other? How important is it for me to call my mama, tell her I love her? Or to give Shirley a card or to present it to her and give her just love. Love you, Shirley. And I mean that. The reality is, when we spend time with people, it changes our relationships for the better. Last week, we had four daughters here. They're in their 30s. They were here with their dad. Their mom can't come to church because she's homebound. But they were here with their dad, and they, I was preaching, and they were, like, getting excited. I could see them, and their, their dad was gleaming. And so after the message, um, I'm standing, and I'm shaking everyone's hand, and they come, and they say hi to me. <clears throat> and one of them says, we, gotta, we have a surprise for my dad. 
I said, really, what is it? <clears throat> she says, we rented a stretch limo and we're taking them out to dinner. So that week I asked them, well, what happened? I'm not going to say who it was, JD. I mean, uh, I said, what, how did it go? He said, we could barely get out of my driveway. They took them out. They had dinner, but can I tell you something? They could have gone in a pinto. They could have rented a pinto. Some of you are saying, huh, what's a, what's a pinto? <laughs> a pinto's an old car, Okay. doesn't matter what we drive in. The most important thing is that you're together. Serving our parents, and I even put our children and our children, <clears throat> with our presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, does a lot more good than serving them with only our presence. Our young adults, they, they blessed my wife this week. I am like so happy because they're paying for it. Thank you, Jesus, for jobs. <laughs> Amen? It used to be, Dad, could I have $20 and get Mom a present? God is good. But can I tell you, those presents, as good as they are, that charm bracelet that you got, as good as they are, they, you would rather have their charm from them. Your presence is more important than your presence. Amen? Don't get Americanized where you think, I bought it at Jared's. <laughs> right? Th that doesn't matter. Now, it's good. I mean, if you want to get PJ something, I'm not going to say anything. But your love is more important. Amen? How many of you know that sometimes we have to correct our aging parents or grandparents? Have you ever had to do that? You know, here, let me tell you why we have to, let me tell you why that happens, first of all. From my perspective, Sean and I, we're, we're grandparents now, so our, we have young adults. Now, when they were kids like Genesis, when they were like that, and they, they were leaning on, on our laps and stuff like that, and, you know, doing what they're doing... They, we told them everything. We told them how to behave, do this, do that. But as, you, as we get older, we don't need to be told everything. Amen? You go from, a, uh, from some, a supervisor, someone that's telling you what to do, when to do it, you go from that to a counselor. And what I have been working on in my, in my life right now is that I don't want to tell my kids and dictate to them everything that they're supposed to be doing. I rather them ask me and then I will give them my two cents and see what it's worth you know why because for 20 some years I have poured everything I have into them and more importantly I've tried to pour this into them 
the word of God, and that will never return void. But there are times that as parents, you find yourself telling them, and grandparents, you find yourself telling them everything like you used to when they were kids. And can I tell you, sometimes your children, young adults, that are, or maybe in their 30s, they got to tell you, stop it now. Sometimes grandparents tell uh, 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 parents or, 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 or the, your sons how to, how to discipline. Stop it now. Let them turn to God for direction. That's why the Bible says, For this cause a man is supposed to leave his father and mother and is supposed to cleave to his wife and the two are supposed to become one. Art and Kim, they left their home to make a home. Amen? And in that, they, they, ha- they have to begin to trust in God to give them direction. It's very healthy. But here's the thing. Even when we have to tell our parents, because there's been times that I've told my parents, oh, hey, hey, we're raising our kids. Let us do it. But we have to do it in a way that honors them. Amen? Look at what the Bible says. En- everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. Amen? Everyone enjoys a fitting reply. There are times that we shouldn't say anything because it's not fitting. And there's a right thing to say something and there's a wrong time to say it. Amen? Have you ever said it at the wrong time? I'll raise my hand for you because I have. And you're like, have you ever gone back and apologized? And said, you know, I shouldn't have said anything. That was not my... Say it with me. That was not my place. My daughter, right now, she's got a baby, and can I tell you something? My job is to spoil him. That's it. Their job is to discipline and correct everything that I just messed up. The second key to making our home and I serve my family success story is I serve my family with respect. Families who respect one another, they're lighthouses to society. In fact, homes where families value a healthy respect for one another produce children who respect their teachers and young adults respect people of authority. One of the things that I always try to instill, that we instilled in our children, is when you have an older person, you always acknowledge them. Always. Don't ever be rude. Look them in the eye. Say hi. Nothing worse than for kids not to say, not, not to say hi to, to an adult. How you doing, sir? How you doing? That's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful attribute to have. That's respect. You look someone in the eyes when you're talking to them. That's respect. Amen? And this is mutual. Respect has to be for the husband and the wife. The Bible puts it like this. Out of respect for Christ, be, be courteously reverent to one another. Courteously reverent. In other words... Submit yourself to each other. And then he goes on and he says, Wives, understand and support your husbands in ways that show your support for Christ. In other words, you're not doing it for them as much as you're doing it for God. Are you with me? And then it goes on to say, The husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to his church. And can I tell you, every one of us husbands, we're a work in progress. 
We're not there yet. We're not Jesus. But we're trying our best to become more like Christ. Amen? And when the wife begins to respect her husband, can I say this? Husbands, men in general, need respect. How do I know this? Go to a, go to a sandlot. You disrespect someone, they're going to go, Orale, man. You know what I'm talking about? Guys want to be respected. Amen? I mean, we want love, but we need respect. And the Bible shows us that right there. And he goes on. The husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to the church, not by domineering, but by cherishing. So just as the church submits to Christ as he exercises such leadership, wives should likewise submit to their husbands. Can I tell you this, beloved? Moms... We could easily say that you set the tone in the home. That's how important a mother is. You set the tone in the home. I can get up in a bad mood and Shauna can come to me and say, Babe, you know what? It's all going to be okay. We're going to make it. Okay, you're right. And everything's cool. If she's in a bad mood, I'm in a bad mood. And the kids got it coming. Is that true? Yeah, because that's the way God ordained it. Women, you set the tone in the home. And when you respect your husband, guess what? Your kids, they see that modeled. They see that. They say, that's the way it's supposed to be. And they will respect people in authority. When the husband when the, gets undermined, why do you think that the devil has so many television shows, so many movies where the husbands look like idiots? That's not from God. Men, you're not idiots. We just make idiot choices sometimes. <laughs> but not when we follow this. Amen? Think about it. Why do you think that sitcoms come at the man in such a way to degrade them? Family guy? Are you kidding me? What's Bart Simpson? They make the dad look like if he's a, can I say this? Moron. Maybe that's why the great reformer, I want want to talk about this. I'm going to go to Martin Luther's quote, but it has to go both ways. Husband and wife, mutual respect. Martin Luther put it like this, let the wife make the husband glad to come home. I mean, you don't want to become driving home saying, oh, I'm going to get there and she's going to be mad. I know she's not going to be happy today. Let, let the wife make, it, make the, the husband glad to be home. And then he goes on and he says, and let him, let the husband, make her sorry to see him leave. When I leave in the morning, my prayer is that Shauna will at least once in a while say, man, I, they don't go. I got to, baby. I got to go. Got church business. Got to go save some souls. Okay, baby, but I'm going to be here when you get back. It could happen. Oh, she leaves before I do. You messed up my, my analogy right there. And then let the wife, you know, make it where she, She's the, where I'm saying, and it's like this. 
I can't wait till I get home. I want to spend time with Shauna. See, the biggest, the biggest uh, battles that we have, like myself, I love ministry. I'll stay doing things here in the ministry, and, and we, I have to balance that out. That's next week. We're going to talk about serving with balance. Amen? But notice a mutual servanthood. But wife, I want you to tell your husband right now, and daughters, I want you to tell your, your dads, just tell them, you need respect. Tell them. Tell, let the wives, wives, you can say it once. You need respect. Okay? Kids, tell your dads, your grandpas, you need respect. And I'll say the hard one. I'll give it to you. I'll give you respect. Amen? One more scripture on this point. Um, be good wives to your husbands, responsive to their needs. Responsive means you, you have to serve, you have to do something. There are husbands who, indifferent as they are to any words about God, in other words, they're not believers, will be captivated by your life of holy beauty. What matters is not your outer appearance. Can I tell you, we have too many women working on the outer when the inner is more important. I'm not saying don't work on the outer. It's okay to put a little bit of paint on the barn. It's okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, all right? If I could, I would. I mean, all right? It's okay to wash the gray out of your hair once in a while. It doesn't hurt nobody. But what matters is not your outer appearance, the styling of your hair, the jewelry you wear, the cut of your clothes. That's not what matters. But your inner disposition is what matters. Amen? If you get a guy for the wrong reasons, you've got the wrong guy. Amen? Young, young ladies, grab a hold of that. Because there's someone out there for you that he's going to love you for what's on the inside more than what's on the outside. And then he goes on, cultivate inner beauty, the gentle, gracious kind that God delights in. The holy women of old were beautiful before God that way and were good, loyal wives to their husbands. So this week I've got some uh, respect applications. Number one, focus on the positive attributes of your spouse and begin to pray for their negative weaknesses daily. Because we all have weaknesses. Amen? Focus on the positive attributes. Begin to pray for the negative. Number two, vocalize to them how much you appreciate them. That does wonders for me. When Shauna says, I appreciate you, babe. Thank you for doing that. That, that makes me walk up here. When she says, man, I cannot believe that you did that. Which doesn't happen too much. But when it's done, it makes me walk down here. Well, we're not perfect, amen? I do things that I shouldn't do to her, just like she does things she shouldn't do to me because we're not perfect. We're not Jesus. He is. So we need to be honest about those things. The third thing is surprise them by serving them with a need you know of. In other words, try to identify the needs that, they, that, they, that, they're, that they're missing. This could be verbal affirmation. Verbal affirmation just says, you know what, I, you're, you're awesome. I, 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 I love you. I, I, I thank God for you. I thank you for what you did. Thank you for doing that. Have you ever done something around the house and then 
you do a lot of things and, and, and they don't recognize what you did, but they recognize what you haven't done? I fall short there. I, I say things like that. Amen? Verbal affirmation. The next thing that you can do is you can identify um, uh, or you can serve them with a sense of touch, a hug, holding of hands. How many of you know that that does a lot? Why did God give us senses? There's something that happens when you hold hands. There's something that happens when, when, sh- when my dad passed away. I'll never forget this. When my dad passed away at the funeral, I can remember that Shauna put her hand on my shoulder and she stood with me like this and just having her hand on me was a source of strength. It was affirmation. Touch one another. Amen? And then the third thing that you can do with that, if, if their love language is works, because some, some spouses, you know, when you do something for them, they just get all, wow, I just love you. You know? So sometimes we need to put the remote down and go do something. We need go do something. And it, I mean, this just speaks, yeah, Carol Craft. She's like, yeah. And we can't say Manny doesn't do any work because she's here at the church <laughs> cleaning up. Amen? So those things do wonders. The third key to making our home an I serve my family success story. I serve my family with love. Everything we do for others should stem out of love. Service without love will simply become duty. Service with love becomes voluntary. Not that you have to do it, but you choose to do it because you love them. Service without love is simply works. Service with love as, as the motivation becomes grace. In other words, we serve each other not because they deserve it, but because the love of God which has been poured into our hearts and lives, that makes us want to give grace and serve one another. Amen? Think about it with our children. How many of our children or teenagers deserve anything? They don't deserve nothing. Maybe like uh, um, that one, uh, we showed the YouTube video, uh, Linda, Linda. Linda, Linda says, you need some bop, bop, pow, pow. <laughs> don't do that. We serve one another. Um, okay, so, so look at what Mark Driscoll put. I thought it was wonderful. While it only takes one spouse to be friendly, it takes both spouses to be friends. When both spouses are unfriendly, the marriage is marked by conflict and coldness. Is that true? When one spouse is friendly and the other is unfriendly, the marriage is marked by selfishness and sadness. One is selfish, one is sad. But when both spouses each make a deep, heartfelt covenant with God to continually seek to become a better friend, increasing love and laughter mark their marriage. Can I say something? Our marriages need more laughter. Our marriages need more love like that. We need to become better friends. Dad, you play a major role in modeling this truth. Can I say something to you husbands or dads? You want to act tough? Be a tough dude and love your wife. Amen? Sometimes we think we're tough when we don't love. We're really tough when we love. The greatest thing that I saw with my son-in-law when my daughter was going and having that baby is for him, to, for him to be by her side and holding her hand in that time of labor. That's love. Love isn't dictating to your wife what to do. That's not love. 
That's machismo that's not under grace. Amen? The Bible says, Be good husbands to your wives. Honor them. Delight in them. As women, they lack some of your advantages. But in the new life of God's grace, you're equals. Treat your wives then as equals so that your prayers do not run aground. In other words, when you treat your wife good, your prayers are answered because you're treating her the way that God would treat her. Amen? How can God answer our prayers when we're treating our spouses horrible? Is He going to reward us for that? No, we turn around and we begin to treat them the way they need to be treated. Amen? One last scripture verse, I think. Yeah. The Bible says, Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives. Boy, the Lord needs to work on me on that because there's times where I fall short. He says, exactly as Christ did for the church. Can I tell you that Christ didn't leave anything back. He loved the church so much. A love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the whole church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her, dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant and 